Welcome everyone to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here and I am with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione and we're got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the Pro Invitational. We're going to talk about some of our pros coming up for the 2023-2024 season. Buy or sell, talk about teams and the change that's going to happen there and then some way too early award predictions. So definitely stick around to the end for that. But before we get into the pro invitational, how how's it going? It's off season time. Yay! <laughs> uh, hey, I, this weekend I I took the weekend off. As like, you should. I didn't. No. I didn't do anything. It was awesome. Like I came in. I came in ready to work on Monday, and I was like, "All right, now now we're just borderline getting bored here. Let's get back to work." Like it was well, nice feeling. It, it was it was nice though. I was I was, was re energized. I laid out by the pool yesterday. Like what is what is going on? So um, you know we're, we're, we got heavy prep. You know coming over these next two weeks for Spencer's a pro invitational Europe Open, but even some draft stuff. But for the most part, it's a, it's a different pace when yeah. you're when you're flying out Wednesday or Thursday, doing an event Friday, Saturday, Sunday to fly home Monday. You have to fit a week worth of stuff in 48 hours. And now we get a full, you know, a full week to do, you know, work. Totally. So it's nice. Uh, things uh, slowing down for you, Anthony, or, or no break? No, no break. Um, we've, got, we've got some uh, some top secret R&D stuff going on in the in the Ooh. Cornhole Science Lab. <clears throat> now, we've been working on this one for a couple months now, but um, got some, Trey got some of that equipment in, so... Got that stuff installed, uh, built in, actually got some data now. So um, getting close to having this this top secret. Uh, You're about to uh, nerd out? Yeah, yeah, we're nerding out. We're nerding out. But uh, <laughs> I spent a, spent a lot of time on that, actually, since we got back from Worlds uh, and all weekend. Um, caught some basketball uh, with my kid, you know, between, between the lab, you know, ran out, caught some basketball, then came back. But nice. yeah, for us, it's all about school. Kids are yeah. about to go to school. Are you the same thing? Yeah, Rome starts tomorrow. Yep, same here. Yeah, our kids start tomorrow too. So uh, that's kind of been a, a big theme here around the house. He's very excited. Third grade. Um, in second grade, he had four different teachers because everyone kept getting pregnant. <laughs> so we're just okay. hoping for, for one teacher for the whole year. <laughs> that's, that's our goals. <laughs> we're talking about teachers getting pregnant, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We were joking around with this principal. We're like, so she gave a little information sheet about her on the back to school night or whatever. And the principal walks in who we know very well. And Nick goes, two cats, gecko, married, 27. She's getting pregnant this year. Come on. <laughs> this is happening. But the principal said no. So that's what we're hoping for. Uh, just for one teacher for the whole year, hopefully. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. Uh, Pro Invitational coming up at Spencer McKenzie's. It's going to be Friday, August 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. It's the top eight men paired with the top eight women. I'll give you a rundown of who we got for the men. Tony Smith, Alex Rawls, Jamie Graham, Mark Richards, Justin Burton Jr., Caleb Batson, Devin Harbaugh, and Fisher Hamilton. And your women are going to be Cheyenne Bubenheim, Cameron Belvin, Rosie Streaker, Kimberly Glass, Yeti Irwan, Miranda Coy, Samantha Finley, and Elizabeth Tennyson. So, Trey, thoughts on our top eight? 
Yeah, so the the Pro Invitational, you know, in the early stages of of the ACL's existence, kind of jumped around to different formats. But now this is the third year with pretty much the same exact format. So uh, it's exciting, kind of see how this has evolved. In 2021, we had Cheyenne Bubenheim paired up with Ryan Smith. They take down the she was Cheyenne Renner at the time. They take down the 2021 ACL Pro Invitational. Fast forward to last year, we were in Airmail City, 109 degree heat, Eesh. but we got it done. Um, and uh, Tony Smith and Kaylee Hunter take down the Pro Invitational. So in back-to-back years, we've had similar formats now for a third year, and, and it's been fun, right? Three years ago, we were on site at the fourth and final national of the season, the final chase. Last year was Airmail City. This year is Spencer McKenzie's, the throwdown. So it's like every year it kind of gets – it has an exciting flair to to this this all star game, if you will, the the equivalent of what the ACL can offer for an all star game, and, and I think it it's always a good vibe and a lot of fun. So uh, it'll kick off the weekend at Spencer McKenzie's. That's always, I mean, it's called a throwdown for a reason, and for me, it's a variety of different ways. I'm going to be throwing down. I'm going to be throwing down not on the boards, but be throwing down absolutely on the fit grilled fish and shrimp burritos. I'm going to eat about 80, 87 of those. That week. <laughs> That's the goal. Where's, what's our over under on burritos? Yeah. Over under. Do not set it because I will not be reporting what the final. <laughs> so, um, you know, kicks off the weekend and, and, uh, and good times as well. So excited for this. Um, maybe diving into some, some analysis here of who I'm looking at. I mean, first and foremost, you got to look at who won it last year. Now, Kaylee Hunter's not in it this year, but you have a champion in Tony Smith. Tony Smith is looking to um, win this for back-to-back years. He's shown he can throw. He's shown he can throw outside. He's playing at a really high level. He's your MVP. He's got all those different things. So tonight on ECL Live, you guys are probably hearing this on Tuesday. So you guys listening ahead of time will have more information than we do, but. Um, you know, we'll find out who his partner is, but I'm not really sure it matters. Um, you know, as long as they can throw the bags in the hole, Tony Smith can do a lot of special things. So certainly there'll be someone to look at. Whoever gets Cheyenne Bubenheim as a partner is obviously going to be someone that, that, that a lot of people are going to look at, mostly because number one female, dominant female. She won everything you could possibly win this year on the female side of the game. So she's going to be kind of that number one seed when it comes to females. Um, but let's remember she was kind of in the same position last year and she got paired up alongside Mark Richards. Yeah. Now her and Mark Richards, we thought we're just going to run through the competition. Give them the money, but, just give them the money now. And then nah. <laughs> and, and that's not what happened at all. I mean, they got taken down. They got to get taken down relatively early. Uh, well, Jamie Graham and Sarah Cassidy. This is 10 up. rounds, right? 10 or 12 rounds. This is 10 rounds this year. Yes. Okay. To fit into and the so, broadcast. So in their defense, that was not Mark Richards' best situation round limit. Well, no, last year it was played at 21. Oh, it was 21. Well, last year it was played at 21 because we were in Aramail City. We were on TV. We uh, we could take as much time as we wanted. That's what I'm that's that was the crazy part. It's like okay. it's and and, I, and I'll say this much. I the culprit, I kind of went back and watched some clips last year. The culprit was the boards had that that LA sun 190 degrees just beating down on the boards there was zero moisture on those boards and th- and bags were just flying off the back of the board i mean 
neither Richards nor Cheyenne could really keep a bag. It was either in the hole or off the back of the board, right? Now this season, uh, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later in, in, in our buy or sell, but I, I think a big thing is going to be here is, is what the hell are the conditions going to be like? Yeah. Yep. Because we will be kind of inside an event space um, that'll be covered. And cold. To, yeah, last year, I mean, we, we had all four seasons in one day at Spencer McKenzie's <laughs> <Yeah>. last year. <laughs> we woke up, it was cold, and it got dewy. Yeah. Then in the early morning, the boards were so sticky because the dew was still kind of on there, even though the sun was out. Middle of the afternoon, it's hot. The sun is just beating on the boards. Everything's taking off the back. Then we got cold again and sticky yep. again because the bags got sticky. Everybody was cold. I mean, it was just like this roller coaster, right? So I think, I think, I don't know what game time conditions are going to be like. It's going to be 4 p.m. ish yeah. when we, you know, 4 10 by the time we started getting into the game. It'll, so like, it'll still be warm because the sun's not even going to go down till eight. So right. So four is hours it, before sunset. So yeah, I think it'll be fairly warm. So if it's fairly warm, assuming there's not overcast that day or any, I mean, again, yeah. you know, or you're playing into it and who knows how well climate controlled kind of the, the event building that we'll be in, that's going to be on site at the fairground. So, um, you know, I think Tony Smith is, is, is prime. Jamie Graham has shown across his entire career and now he's hot again. So he's shown across his entire career that he can play in any number of conditions and throw the throw any type of bag. He's changed bags so many times in his career. I think he's going to be one to look out for. You can't you can never you know underestimate underestimate Mark Richards. If it gets really tacky for some reason, and it's really tacky because it is kind of outside pseudo outside, you know, maybe I look to someone like a Fisher Hamilton who has absolutely dominated that dirty style of play. Um, and, and, you know, it also affect the women too, right? I don't, you know, Kimberly Glass, someone that you give her slick board, she's going to run 40 bags in the hole. If we got really slick conditions, I love that partnership. If I get really tacky boards, I don't want that partnership, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's so many different ways that this would go for the Pro Invitational. Um, but I think you got to look at the people that have won it before, have adjusted the conditions, that being Bubenheim and, and Tony Smith on the men's side. So ultimately we see who takes it. Anthony, what can you add? Yeah, so this uh, this invitational, there's going to be a prize attached to this, right? Do we are we able to disclose that? What what are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, fifty here? grand, fifty grand. Oh, 50 G's spread throughout the field. Yeah, twenty grand for first. Oh, that's significant. Okay, so the, yeah. even just qualifying as the eighth eighth person, you're coming out with some G's. Twenty five hundred bucks for if you just, if you lost your game. Yeah, if you awesome. lost your ten round game, twenty five hundred bucks. That's awesome. Not too shabby. So it'll go uh, just are you. Is the TV broadcast just going to be the finals, or will you get to see the whole eight? For we'll see all eight games because they're okay. all be ten round. Li- oh, sorry, okay. all seven games. So you'll see the four quarterfinals, the two semifinals, and then the final. So seven games total, ten round limited. Okay, so winners get three matches on TV as, as they work all the way through. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah like you said, I think the elements are going to be the unknown. Uh, I mean, if I'm looking at the men's roster, you know, I don't really see. You know, we're still we're talking about the top eight, but I don't really see a, a weakness here. You know, you've got right. Alex Rawls, who's been a top two guy back to back seasons. You've got your MVPs out there. JBJ been killing it all year. Batson turning it on really at the uh, end of the season. Uh, is is it weird to say that maybe in this list, Devin Harbaugh is the one guy I look at who's maybe the weakness? That's crazy. 
that's crazy to say. Um, yeah. Because everybody really just turning it on towards the end of the season. Um, and then the only thing I would add to that is Devin Harbaugh won Spencer McKenzie's throwdown last year. So in <laughs> this in this exact environment, he was the best player. So like even even that, it, it's a really even field. Yeah, and then like you were saying, there's those players that are very uh, speed dependent. You know, their success is really dependent on speed. We see Tony Smith struggle with fast, now, especially with slinky season. He has the ability to switch bags, and I think depending on who he ends up with, but we know if they're going to be slow, like you said, you mentioned Fisher Hamilton, Tony Smith, these guys are going to be more successful. Uh, Kimberly Glass, not so much on the sticky side, but she's going to like it fast, you know, and then in that shootout format, you know, we have a lot of successful women. We have Bubenheim and Belvin who showed out this season, obviously streaker who's, who's had a really good run. Um, so if I'm looking at the women, I mean, I think it's, you know, if I'm a guy going, who do I want? Obviously you want a Bubenheim, but who are you trying to like, you know, who's going to be the weakness on the women's side? Elizabeth Tennyson really showed out in one of the shootouts, but has shown that she just has a real up and down game. Um, so maybe that's the only one from a consistency standpoint, but you're looking at, you know, eight women that could get out there and get it done as well. So I think it's going to be competitive either way. Absolutely. I am interested to see if it is like a Tony Smith, Cheyenne Bubenheim, like what bags do they throw? <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the bag selection is always something that comes into consideration with any time we do these, these pro invitationals, because I mean, even when we went back to like now back when like Miranda Coy was really throwing like wizards and she was back with BG and she was rolling like crazy. You put her with someone like a Matt guy, almost like, how does, how does that bag selection translate now? I didn't see a ton of, of overlap there, but maybe someone like a Fisher Hamilton, you know, Fisher Hamilton or Justin Burton Jr. end up with Kimberly Glass or Elizabeth Tennyson, who are throwing slick, slick, you know, Vipers or Viper R's with, you know, or Tennyson's throwing Cornell scenario. Like maybe that's where you get a little bit. Uh, uh, that would be my big question marks. At least Tony Smith is throwing convicts a lot this year. Yeah. So maybe him and Bo like Bubenheim would find some middle ground there. But I, I think you're right, Michelle. I think there's going to be some. There's going to be at least one team where everybody's going. I have no idea what the hell these people are going to throw. I will yeah. fall out of my chair if Tony Smith throws an evolution. Not going to happen. I fall out of my chair. Oh, I love it. I love I really it. Tony hope Smith that happens, just, yeah, just so I think what, you fall out of your uh, chair. <laughs> oh, I, oh my gosh, I'd be blown away. You know what? What we're trying, to, what we're starting to learn is, if you look at a good carpet bag thrower's back, go grab a a high level, elite level carpet players bag and look at that stick side you're going to see a ring you're going to see a ring that's probably like three and a half inches in diameter um there's something going on there that i haven't been able to explain and my guess is you know these are players that are able to work backloads and tilts and they're constantly landing on different angles think about an evolution if the patch is too small and you put that three and a half inch four inch ring on a bag and you that that's essentially where i'm thinking they're landing the most you're missing the patch. So in a Tony Smith's case, he's trying to cut. He's trying to roll. He's continually, continually landing on that slick material out, just outside the diameter of that patch. And he's not going to be able to get the bag to react the way that I think he wants to. So I would be blown away if Tony Smith comes out throwing an evolution. It's not going to happen. But I think there's a middle ground there for everybody. They'll find something. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about our uh, new uh, pro class coming into the next season. 
Um, we've got our rookies that are going to be uh, qualifying through application and conference qualifiers still coming up. But at the moment, we have everyone that went through the big gauntlet of pro qualifiers. We have people that um, came through open standings, of course, our returning pros. Um, so lots of names on there. Uh, Trey, we'll start with you. Who are you looking at? Yeah, there's a lot of names on this list, right? I mean, you, I could I could take this a variety of different directions. I could go the youth. I could start talking about Sammy Soto, Braden Wilson, Ryan Trader, like all these, even even like an Austin Cameron or like all these young kids that have just come into the game. But I'm not going to do that because I feel like I could talk about that anytime, right? So I'm going to kind of take one step beyond that. Like who is – who is beyond the youth, right? Who are some players that qualified and got into this group that I'm really interested, whether it be through open standings or it be through the pro qualifier, because those are most of the ways that we're going to get a lot of these rookies. One name in particular, obviously Caden Allen, already shown that he can win at the highest level with all of these different players. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. We saw him at the USA Cornhole Men's Doubles National Championship Final alongside Nate Stevens. He's someone that's got every single shot. Someone kind of Burton Jr.-esque, when he gets in a rhythm, there's nothing you can do to slow him down because he's got every single shot. It's just a question of, is he hitting every single shot at such a high level? I'm also, I'm also interested in seeing Chris Roybal. This is the first, this is one of the names that's coming out of the West that I really think has a chance to surprise a lot of people. And the first name, the first time that I heard Chris Roybal was when All Cornhole sent all of their sponsored players out to Arizona to film yeah. commercials. This was at the beginning of the twenty last season. Beginning, so this was you know 2022, 2023. At the end of 22, they sent everybody out there, and they all played in a blind draw. Chris Roybal went through Cheyenne, went through Frank Maudlin, James Baldwin, Jordan Camba, Frank Maudlin, all of them, beat them all, okay? And everybody started to go, who? Wait, 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 who is this guy, right? And... I can't tell you how many messages I got throughout the year that was like, can you give a PBC spot to Chris Royable so he could be promoted midseason? I'm like, no, I can't do that. But it just goes to show you how many people in the Arizona area, in that state, how good they think Chris Royable really is. So he's got a really unique delivery, weird arm action yeah. going on here. Anthony's going to hate it. Yeah, he's going to hate his technique. But <laughs> I do. he's like one of those golfers where you like you hate the swing, but when he makes contact – it, it looks works. good. Everything looks squared good. up. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really interested to see to see him. Um, maybe some other ones uh, interested. Mike Jackwitz is back, so he's someone who has now taken, uh, I believe, two years off the game, but was a very good player and has made deep runs in pro brackets before. I'm interested in seeing uh, seeing what he has to offer, and then maybe uh, two more. Uh, Dan Glip. Glugowski, I haven't got that name right. He came up to me. It made me feel bad at Worlds. He comes up to me. He goes, he goes. Do you know who I am? And I said, no. And he and he said, oh man, that makes me so sad. And he turned around and walked away. And I saw his name. I said, oh, I do know the name as I follow names and brackets, right? But I just didn't put a face with the name. He made it all the way to the finals of the state champions tournament. That state champions tournament at Worlds was full of top pros. He ends up uh, coming in second place to Alex Hicks. But ultimately, you know, if you're making it all the way in that deep field, he's someone I got to look out for. And the only other one that comes through pro qualifier, Jeremiah Ellis. He's, he's someone that's been on my radar for a while now as a top profile rookie. 
There's still a chance he may not sign his pro contract, but I think my gut tells me he he will he will be a pro this season. But ultimately, uh, he's someone outside of the ACL that has been dominant and someone that a lot of people you hear the rumblings on social media when people talk about someone becoming a pro for the first time. There's only been a select number of players in our history that have come with the same level of hype. Your Matt guy, your Tanner Halbert, right? All of those guys that, that when they they become pros come with a certain level of accolades already. I think Ellis is one in particular that I'll have my eye on. The question won't be, can he be good? The question is, can he live up to those expectations and compete with these other top pros at a top 20 level? Anthony, what do you got? All right, just, just for rookie of the year, and maybe this is a clarification uh, that we've already established, but if you were PDC last year, and you're now, are we are we considering those rookies moving in like a Vincent Frisch? Is he a rookie? So if you've made two brackets, you are no very similar to like an MLB qualification. So if you've made it into two brackets, you've competed at the highest level, then you are no longer a rookie. So Vincent Frisch is no longer a rookie. Okay, two singles bra- or two singles brackets. Yeah, or no, it could be a singles and a doubles, but it's just okay. You know, it's a singles okay. and a doubles or two singles or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. So yeah, I'm looking at this same list here. Some that are standing out to me, definitely Caden Allen. I think from a consistency standpoint, this guy's got to be at the top. What was it? I don't remember his run, but it was like, I want to say it was like eight in a row or something opens that he had won his bracket or he was in the bracket finals or won his bracket. One of those two. Um, Braden Wilson. We got to see this young kid uh, highlight his talent on USA Cornell. If you guys haven't seen that, go on the ESPN app and type in cornhole and you're going to see the um the juniors event the usa cornhole juniors event you get to see Braden wilson showcase his skills this kid's going to come in uh and absolutely kill it you know and for me when we say what's killing it you know we always get stuck around oh if you're not top five you suck guys if you're in that top 25 the top 10 percent of the league i think that is an amazing season i think brayson Braden wilson's a 13 year old that could come in and possibly crack that top 25 as a young kid and a rookie. Um, what about Jamie Fincham? Is he on your side of the, uh, he's over by you, isn't he Trey? He's in Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. He's in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. And him and, him and his him. wife, him and his wife, Tiffany, they both qualified this year. I did see so. that. And she's, I remember her from back in the day, like even before I was a pro, like just coming into the league, I, I saw her showcase a few times on TV and maybe this is before she was a pro and it was something else, but yeah, Jamie Fincham. I want to say he was with Ryan Smith. I want to say it was in one of the opens, and they did yeah. really well. Maybe the finals or something like that. But I've seen his numbers quite a bit, and um, haven't gotten to break his game down as much. Um, just judging by the age, I think we know what style of game we're going to get. But uh, he throws up insane PPRs and insane numbers. Um, another young kid. I was actually surprised to see multiple young kids already on the pro list: Braden Wilson, Ryan Trader, and. Uh, not so young, Frank Verona. I think he's over twenty, but those three are going to be awesome. Uh, young, twenty talent. years old. He's he's an old guy now. He's an old guy. World. He's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on the USA Cornhole Juniors, you're going to get to see Ryan Trader. If you haven't seen him, go check out that broadcast. And then Verona um, is one that keeps showing up. Uh, tall kid. You know, there's very few people that when I go out to, I'm looking up to in the league. You know, I'm not I'm not tall, but I'm not short. I don't know that young kid. He might he might be six two, six three, but he he's he's tall and lanky. But he's got a really really good game. I'd look out for him 
And then, of, co of course, back to the USA Cornhole Juniors, a lot of juniors. Um, and I'd be curious to see who falls out of the juniors because we only get eight. And Trey, maybe you know those. But Sammy Soto gained his pro card <clears throat> winning the USA Cornhole Juniors singles championship. Like Braden Wilson, I think he comes out right away and threatens top 25. Um, what what juniors did we see fall out, Trey? Do we know that yet? Yeah, so so we were able to take nine this year. So we were able to okay. get an additional one after continuous betting regulator conversations. So uh, we, we will we will have nine. Um, but uh, so you have if we go through them all, it's um, Sammy Soto, Ryan Trader, Braden Wilson. Those are three that qualified via the open standings and everything. You still have Alex Hicks, Ian Cripps, Jake Gore, Jack Gore. Um, did I already say Wiedenfeld? I already said Wiedenfeld? No. No, Wiedenfeld. And then... Um, one more. I'm missing my one more. There's one more that I'm missing. Put me on the Aiden spot. Allen aged in now. He's not. He's out. He's out. Batson is over 18 he's for over. the Pro Invitational. Hamilton's over. Um, Hamilton's over. And I'm missing somebody. I'm going to get a message Bella? about somewhere. Is Bella... Bella's still in... Bella's TBD. She's not okay. in that current list right now. She's there. not that nine, um, though. Okay. Yeah. There is, there's one more, and I can't remember where that... A returning is. or a new? It could be either. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I'm drawing the a blank Three juniors here. out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know I'm going to get... We're going we're gonna to yell that so hard for this. <laughs> It'll probably there's, come there's, before the end of the show, right? I mean, just give it some time. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, 300 actually, players, you know. It's hard to keep track of everybody. I know. So true. All right, let's move into buy or sell. I'm going to read Vincent you. Vincent Frisch. Got him. There he Nailed is. It. Vincent Frisch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just mentioned his name, too. So, yeah, yeah. please keep coming in as that's a all. That's all your fault. That's all your fault. Son you of a. Son of it. it was Anthony's fault for sure. Uh, okay, let's go to buy or sell. I'll read you a line, and then you guys let me know if you're going to buy or sell. The first one is next season's rookie class will be better than this year's. Ooh, this is tough. Um, you're talking got to be better than Justin Burton Jr. You got to be better than Fisher Hamilton. Um, you got to be better than the long list of players that Gavin Cano. had uh, Gavin Cano, right? I mean, I'm going to say similar talent level, but because the division is going to continue to get harder and harder and more difficult – I am going to say sell that they will not be better finishing wise than this year. I mean, think about it. This is the first year we're not doing 60 plus applications. So in theory, you're taking probably, and it may be more towards the bottom, maybe towards the bottom, but you're taking 30 people that would have made it via application that may have had not the same level of on the board qualifications as previous years and replacing them with 30 people that qualified the hard way. So I think it continues to get harder and harder to win. So I will say sell. Anthony. Agree hundred percent. And we've been saying this for a while, you know, I think we're going to start seeing these national champs and start seeing these finals with new and new faces. We're not going to be seeing the same people. We're going to start seeing 17 seeds, 
25 seeds sneak into championship matches like we didn't expect because that's just how tight the talent's going to be. Back in the day, it was like, eh, we know the finals is going to be these 10 guys. Now I think you can go, it could be any of these 40 guys. So I agree with that. But yeah, to keep up, I mean, look at it. You got a JBJ, fifth in singles, third in doubles. We had five rookies inside top 10 in doubles. JBJ, Hamilton, Chamberlain, Kano, Kingsbury slipping in there at the end too. So that's a tough, tough rookie class. Um, I'm going to, I don't remember how the buyer sell goes, but I think that last year's class is going to outplay this class. And then what Trey was saying with just the deeper talent that that's just like the exponential on there. That makes it more difficult. So two, two cells. All right. Second one, Jamie Graham has a better season next season than this year. Hey, you know what? I I know he just won a singles world championship. I'm going to buy it. Right. I think if you call it a season, it's obviously so skewed that he won the biggest and most important one at the end of the season. I get it. But if you look at his overall season and compared to previous years, it didn't live up to his expectation. Tim, it's not going to matter. He caps it off big. I think he has a better overall season next year. Whether or not he wins the singles world championship, that's really a coin flip with some of the best players in the world. But ultimately, I think he puts puts together a much better resume. I'm going to say uh, bye. Anthony. Yeah. Jamie Graham put us through a little bit of a ringer. Yes. Last year. I mean, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was, I was, I was bought into Jamie Graham. Actually, even when he started to fall, he never fell off my top 10. He went from like first, second to like fourth, fifth. I kept him in the top 10, even when everything was falling apart. And for that reason, it was like, Jamie Graham wins a world championship. Not surprised. Like even if he was the 50th ranked player, I'm not surprised there. I think the difference is going to be in doubles he was finished the season ranked third in singles 15th in doubles i think that's where he can improve next season where he goes with his partnership we don't know uh staying with matt guy probably not maybe we don't know can a bag sponsorship can a contract force that partnership back together i don't think so but we just don't know i think it's where is the doubles partner ends up to answer that question um, but I'm going to, I'm going to buy as well. I'm going to buy as well. It's Jamie Graham. The mother in me doesn't want to read this one. We will see a dip in performance of Cameron Belvin and Cheyenne Bubenheim next season after having their first child. Yeah. So th- this is, th- and, and Michelle, you speak to this one better than all of us, right? I mean, no, you know what that, no. what that takes. Uh, I, I, I am actually going to sell it. And, and, and the reason I'm going to sell it is because, both of these ladies, this is now what they're doing, right? This is their this is their full-time job, right? And so for them, I think they'll take some period. They'll take obviously a time, right, to, to have that. But what I think is also great is they have two, like, great support systems, right? Oh. They're both of their, their husbands, boyfriends, fiancés, whatever who they want to call each other. I mean, they, they're, they're good support systems. They know what it takes to be at that high level, and they know how to keep each other grounded and focused. So I'm not expecting too much of a dip here. I really think, if anything, it gives them more extra motivation and may also give them a higher level of focus. Who knows? I will say it all depends on whether or not their babies sleep. That's what I'm going to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if their babies sleep through the night, they'll be fine. If they don't, it's going to be rough. Uh, Anthony. I mean, let's be logical about this. You know, like... You're like you're saying, you're adding a whole nother person that that depends on you 100 percent, whatever your routines were before to be at the top level. All that's going to change. So 
my logic is saying, yes, absolutely, we're going to see a dip in performance, but maybe that dip is in the earlier open series. But by the time we get to the start of the, the national series, you know, all the way into next year, they found that routine. You know, they, they have this functioning system like you were talking about. Both uh, have committed spouses, you know, or significant others in this that are committed to the game as well. So that's a good point, Trey. I think that they help pick up some of the slack, but uh, lo logic says that we're going to see a dip. I mean, it's, you know, but Rosie Streaker is a good example. Um, you know, we yeah. saw her come back essentially, you know, she was at the top of the game. We saw her go through a dip, you know, where she's at now. She had two, two babies. That's a, that's yeah. just double trouble. She, and but she took a full, she took a full year though, right? Yeah. Is, do we see not a taking the full year off, but do we see like a little bit of a step back, right? For, for a year. But then Rosie comes back knocking down 11, right. 11.02s in, in whole tournaments. So uh, I, I think they rally back eventually, but we'll, we will see a dip in the beginning. All right. Number four, bad chemistry will determine the pro invitational champion. Yeah, I'm going to sell this. Um, I, I get it's going to be a factor, but I ultimately think what's going to decide it is going to be uh, who adjusts best the conditions. I already said it once. We're going to see a, a variety of different conditions that, you know, they're going to walk in the building one day, say, I'm going to throw this, we're going to play like this, and then it's going to change. So ultimately, I think it comes down to which pair of players can best adapt to the conditions. I think some are better than others, and I won't know until their, their partners are lined up. Anthony. Yeah, I look at look at the eight guys. All these guys can throw any bag, except Tony Smith throwing it throwing an evolution. I'll just bring that back up. But all these guys can throw any bag. You put anything in their hand, they're going to be successful. I don't think bag chemistry is going to decide it. Um, go to last year, like you said, Tony Smith and Kaylee Hunter. Tony Smith throwing a fire bag. It's completely out of his brand. Now he's going to find something that works, but I don't think it's a factor. I think Tony Smith is going to throw an evolution just to prove you wrong. Oh man, uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd Next be awesome. season, we will see a larger influx of super teams and doubles. I, I think the pressure is on for a lot of these top players. I'm going to buy it. I, I I've heard some rumors. You know, I, I think this is going to be a, a super team central at the top of this, this pro division right now. No more a player, B player. It's going to be a plus and a plus plus teaming up. I'll buy it. Anthony. I agree. It's becoming jobs. It's becoming careers. It's becoming uh, paychecks. Um, you know, the coming into the league four or five years ago, it was like grabbing your best buddy and you're like, hey, we both qualified. Let's do this thing. Now it's like, how can we make the most amount of money and improve our brand? And I think that's where it's going. And like you were saying, the rumors are leading that way. We're going to we're going to have uh, we're going to have it. It's going to happen. And I can't wait to uh, expose it. next season. I can't wait either. Next up, we have our uh, first open and pro teams draft information to give you. It's going to be October 6th through 8th, and that is going to be the open, the rookie combine, and the pro teams draft. Uh, so the pro teams will be similar for format as last season with just a few modifications. Captains will be returning, and they get to keep five players from their roster. Everybody else is redrafted. And then the game record determines the record this season. No matches in regular season, only in playoffs. Trey, can you give us the details there? Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. So first on the weekend that's coming up, I mean, something that's exciting is going to have a first ever combine. And this is going to be music to Anthony's ears, right? When he talked yeah. about like being an that's analyst, right? <laughs> Having something, you know, for, for people to look at when it comes to a draft, right? So 
Um, all the rookies going to go through a skills challenge details to be released, but it's going to be things like, all right, let's throw a deck around. Let's see how many bags, you know, throw a bunch of deck around, see how many bags that you can put in the hole, see how much you can score. And then there'll be, you know, stations of dealing with a block, right? Put a block in the middle of the board, right? Give you four bags. How do you deal with it? How are you, how are you, you know, managing what it means to deal with a block, things like that. Uh, setting up certain shots, a straight airmail show, right? How many times can you airmail out of, out of 10, out of 20, whatever it may be. So is it directly like cornhole? No. Is the NFL combine directly what they're going to see on the field? No, but it's going to give captains a chance to see some of these rookies and see some of these players that they've never seen before for the first time. And I think that's going to be super important when we look at trying to build a, a roster uh, for for their, their teams next year, so that's exciting. The pro teams draft, um, and we won't have to. We won't air all every round this year. We'll only air uh, a number of rounds, so we don't have to go late into the evening. But I think the teams draft is going to be fun this year. You know, I'm not going to be the only one producing it this year. We're going to have a good team behind us, so it's going to be. Um, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. This will be some cool new bells and whistles, and it keeps getting better every, each and every year. Um, and then overall on the format side, yeah, getting rid of game record, I mean, match record. So teams next season will play seven games, but instead of it just being a best of seven and whoever wins four to three or five to two, it's one zero. It's, it's really, if you beat a team five out of seven, you go five and two, then your record is five and two. And then the next game, if you go four and three, now it's nine and five is your total record, right? So it keeps that more of like a baseball type of regular season. And only during the playoffs are we playing that true best of seven format. So uh, ultimately I think it's going to be um, a lot of fun, interested to see which captains keep which players and then what the drafting strategy looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, anything, any questions or anything you want to add? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I think with maybe this is more of a comment because I think we're still trying to, to figure it out. But definitely on the combine, that's going to be huge for us to just get some data going into the draft. Now, hopefully there is a big enough sample size where we, you know, can take out the outliers and all that because, you know, I can come in and throw a 114 deck around today and then an 85 tomorrow. So hopefully it's like, you know, something that's, you know, like like an airmail challenge, a hundred or something like that to get a really good base versus, oh, just go up and throw 15 airmail. But that'll be key going into the draft to give us some data about all these rookies coming in. Because um, locally or regionally, you may know these players and you may, they, you might, oh, the whole state, the whole state knows about this guy. But when you look at the national level and we're dealing with thousands and thousands of players, um, you know, it's hard to keep up with everybody. You, you, you know, the top 10 probably in the nation, but you get into 15, 20, you might not necessarily know everybody. So that'll be good on the draft tray. I think we're having some changes to the draft, right? Do you, um, can you describe those really quick? Like number of players we're keeping and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So each team, each captain will keep five players. And so from there, once you've kept your five players, you're redrafting everybody. And then the draft will be the order of the draft will be in the reverse order of the, the standings. Right. So um, for example, I believe the Virginia cutters for, finished dead last. So they're going to be number one okay. to, 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 to draft at that top position spot. So um, trying our best way to maintain some parity. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. I think that's important so that, regions can get behind teams when they start to see the same familiar faces. But if it's always yeah. different people, it's hard to get connected to that team. 
Um, Draft so in October attached to an open. October 6th through the 8th. Uh, and then the draft will be on October 7th on that Saturday. And then October 8th on a Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, October 7th will be the draft. The combine is the 6th, the day before. Okay. And the, com- and the combine is for rookies only or is like returning? Correct. Okay. Rookies so only. If it's the like idea a- is, yeah, just, just seeing people that you haven't seen before, right? I mean, okay. not all of it is like how I hit. Maybe, it, you know, if it's the airmail challenge, I may not draft someone that I know can hit the airmails every single time. But if I get to see someone throw in person and see how the bag comes out of their hand, yeah. right, I might say to myself, well, that person may not have played well in the skills challenge, but I can see the talent. Like I can yeah. watch them and how they approach the boards. Yeah, that makes sense. And then X number of rounds will actually be televised. And then there's a certain amount of rounds where they just go round table, right? Correct. Yeah. I haven't hit that exact number yet of what that looks like, but yes, the idea is we don't this time. I think the feedback we got, we don't need to televise 10 rounds this time. We can, we can tell televise a certain number, maybe five and then do the rest off air. Roger that. Let's do it. Let's get into our way too early award predictions. We are going to give you guys our early predictions for the 2024 ACL Pro season, starting with Rookie of the Year. Who you got, Trey? Yeah, uh, a lot of names could be on this list. I really like Jeremiah Ellis, but I'm going to go Sammy Soto. He's already shown he can compete at the highest level. He already beat a lot of these rookies and these young gun juniors in the USA Cornell Juniors National Championship. I'm going Sammy Soto. Okay. Anthony? This is crazy. We just finished the season yesterday, and we're picking rookies of the year for next year. What's going on here? (laughs) Um, Hey, I don't hate it. Uh, Sammy Soto could easily come in and do the thing. I mean, he's a guy who is throwing consistently with Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain. These are the guys that he's being challenged by and being developed by. Um, but I can't deny the consistency we saw and the high-level play we saw from Caden Allen last year. So right now, I'm going to go with Caden Allen. Rookie of the year. And I'm going to go Braden Wilson. Nice. Pick three different ones. Remember right. remember the the Gore kids. I, I love it. And uh, just, just like something to compare to. What was it? Jack Jack Gore came in and ranked 118, and then Jackson came in and finished 12th. So you could get either either side mm-hmm. of that. Uh, but yeah, I think Braden Wilson has it here. He seems to the way he takes losses, the way that he handles the pressure. He seems to already have that figured out. So I love. He's that very guy. mature. Yeah, he's very mature. Even the way he approaches interviews, or yeah, it, it, he yeah, I don't know. He seems like he's cut different <laughs> than a, yeah. a typical child he's his age. Different. <laughs> yeah. Different. Yeah. All right, breakout player of the year, Trey. This is tough. I tried to look through like who is someone that came in and two names came to mind. My second place, I got Trey Hunt, someone that's got a really high level of play but suffered an injury this year that really held him back. And I think if he gets some offseason to get healthy, he could be someone that could flirt with it. Ultimately, my pick, though, someone that did finish top 50, but they were right at like 48. Someone at the world championships that looked unbelievably good and has been practicing with the best of the best pros. I'm going to go breakout player of the year next year. Blaine. Yes. Yes. Blaine Rozier. Okay. Anthony. I had a couple on my list. Blaine Rozier was one of them. 48 in singles, 41 in doubles. I had Getty out there who was like in the mid fifties. I thought Nick Williams did really well, but I think his family structure is a little bit different. Kids career, that kind of thing. 
Ian Cripps has the ability, I think, to break out, who was 35 in singles, 62 in doubles. I'm going to go with the guy that was back 30s in singles, back 30 in doubles, Ethan Walker, I think, a breakout player next season. Oh. I like it. I was toying around with uh, a few names as well. I went way down the list, though. Um, and ultimately, I landed on someone that came right at around 100. And uh, I saw a post on Facebook that made me think this player is going to come back a little bit stronger this year. I picked Tyler Cobb. I like it. I do like that one, actually, a lot. I didn't realize you so far down there. That's a steal. All right, now we have a new category. Trey, will you explain this new category before we get into it? Yeah, comeback player of the year. This is someone that had the best comeback, right? Someone that maybe had a really strong year, then two years or a year where they didn't play as well and now have really had a resurgence, right? Every other sport has a comeback player of the year. We originally didn't come out with it because the league was so young. It didn't make sense to have someone come back when the league has only been in existence for three years but now we're at a point where we are in the growth of the league comeback player of the year is something that we feel like that we can add so um for me there's a lot of players that could be on this list Um, there's a lot i had josh holland on there i had tanner halbert on there i had noah wooten on there i mean all players that were at the top of the game and then last season we just didn't see the same level of play that you expect that comeback Ultimately, I'm going to settle on Noah Almanza as the ultimate uh, comeback yeah. player of the year next year. He was on my mind as well. Who you got, Anthony? Yeah, he's on my little short list here. Um, coming back, we got a Matthew Sorrells showing up on the pro list, um, who was a top guy gone last year. I think he could, he's still playing at a high level, playing with your Alex Rawls's and your Blaine Rosiers. If you've ever seen the feeds of them throwing like on the dock next to the water, yeah. I believe at Sorrell's crib um, or, or his property. Um, some OGs. You got a Derek King who I feel like could come back. You know, where's Cambo, Baldwin, Timothy Pitcher? You know, all these guys we saw back in the 17s and 18s. I would love to see them come up. Matt Morton, you know, 202. I just don't see that comeback, though, from a technique perspective. He's got a re- redo of his whole swing. But I'm going to go with Sorrell's just, just, just for fun. Just for fun. Okay. I like that one. Um, I was thinking about a couple people, um, and I don't know if I actually picked one, so I'm just going to read them both, uh, but either Eric Anderson or Eric Davis. So the two Eric's, I think they both Eric Davis have, was on, I, that was one I almost had on my short list, but I couldn't add him because my short list would have become a long list. A long list. Yeah. Okay. He's on my short list. Uh, so I think either one of those guys can be a comeback player this year. Uh, look forward to seeing it. And of course our last category, our MVP for the 2024 season is going to be. I'll go with the singles world champion. Jamie Graham gets back on track. He has, I said, he's going to have a better season. I think he can have a better season, whether or not he wins the world championship or not. I'll say Jamie Graham really bounces back and is the man next year. Anthony. Nope. There's, there's three names on my list and he's definitely one of them. I can't get over how consistent though, Tony Smith and Mark Richards were last year. Um, we, we saw Tony Smith more on broadcasts through doubles and singles. If you look at them both, always there seemed to be in the final. But Mark Richards, if you look at his season, the dude never finished like less than second in his bracket like the whole season. So he was always right outside of TV, if not on TV. I'm going to go Tony Smith again. Back oh, to back. back. To back. Wow. 
I also had Jamie Graham on my list. Um, so I'll give my other one, which was Devin Harbaugh. He's due. He was always just right there. Right That's there. A big jump. That's a hot take, Mish. That's a yeah, hot he's take. Yeah, he's going from a little inconsistent to the most consistent. I yeah. like it, Michelle. I think he can do it. All right. Now we go. You guys just said that was a hot take. But now we have to actually talk about our hot takes. <laughs> so, uh, what do you got? Uh, I got a, I got a, I got a scorching one. I say Jamie Graham wins two singles nationals next year. Dang, two Whoa. singles nationals. Mm. He looks so good at Worlds. It was insane. Insane. Yeah. And he's gonna be focused. I mean, he's gonna be focused. I don't doubt it. All right, I'm gonna look to the. I'm gonna look to the future as well. Um, I would do a hot take on Spencer's if I had the full roster, the Pro Invitational. If we knew those partnerships, that would be a good hot take. But I'm gonna look to the future as well, and I'm gonna say we get four in a row. KB and Eddie grab the first Nationals doubles, and I think they're one of the few doubles wow. partnerships that actually stays together. I don't have any inside information. That's just gut. I. I would have to agree with you that they aren't going to break up. I would be pretty surprised. Um, I'm going to go pro invitational, but obviously I don't know the team, so we're just going to pick one. Um, but I think Tony Smith's going to win it again, no matter who he gets. I think he can, any yeah. bag, any person, I think Tony Smith's taking it. It's round limited. Yeah. Um, I think it's his back-to-back uh, -back seasons. All right, that's all we got time for, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.